This series has been based off of one word. Let's say it again. This series has been based off one word, which by now all of you know what the word detox means, right? Detox is a removal of a toxic substance or substances from a living organism. Toxins keep us from living our best life. Here's the thing with a detox. You can't live in the state of mind as a detox state of mind. You don't live operating 24-7, detoxing all the time. A detox is something that you do every so often to get things back in order of where they need to be. The reason why we go through a detox is to get us back to square one. It's kind of like a do-over. I hope over the last three weeks you have taken something in your life and detoxed it. I hope over the last three weeks you have taken something over your life and detoxed it. I will say there are some things that we detox that should never be allowed to come back into our lives. So I hope during that time, the last three weeks, you have discovered what those things were and you have detoxed them to the point of no return. Jesus told his disciples that it is only by prayer and fasting that you can cast out this particular type of demon, meaning there are levels to our spiritualness that we have access to the more we detox things out of our life. There are levels that God wants you to operate in, but in order for you to operate in those levels, you have to detox. You have to rid some things of your life that are in your life that are hindering the flow of God from manifesting and operating in your life. As many of you know, I own a carpet cleaning business. Um, daily, I'm in homes and businesses all over the place. And um, why do people get carpets clean? It's kind of a rhetorical question, my fault. Because I'm the carpet cleaner, I've got the answers. I know why people call me. And you guys are exactly right. All the above. Pets, kids, traffic problems, you, you, you walk in the same line of flow all the time, and you start getting carpet dirty. But from a professional side, this is how we word this. We want the appearance of the carpet to be cleaner, right? It removes odors and dog smells and dog spots, and you'd be surprised. We cleaned up for an alligator the other day. Yeah. I scared the heck out of me. I sent a video to somebody in here. It's scary. It was in a cage. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I should, we should, I'll post that picture later. It's crazy. It's, they're illegal to have. Um, and <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have said that then, huh? Well, sorry if you're watching. <laughs> you're going to be in trouble. It's not in Norman. We'll just say that. It's in Moore. <laughs> Off I-35. Pretty close to Main Street. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to tell anybody where it's at. Um, but it, it disinfects and it sanitizes the carpet. And that's why people get their carpets clean. But you and I both know the day that I come to clean, the very next day you start walking on it and your carpets start getting dirtier again. So in every home that I clean, I give them two things. One, it's a, it's a piece of paper that gives them 
basically what I just did. It summarizes what I just did for them so that they know what's going on. And number two, I send them a text message with a link to our website that gives them maintenance tips on how to properly take care of the carpet now that your carpets have been cleaned. Now that your carpets are clean, there are some things that you have to do to help keep them cleaner and stay that way longer. It doesn't mean they're not going to get dirty again, but there are some maintenance tips that we can put into place to prolong the goodness of your carpet cleaner guy. <laughs> I want to use this understanding to conclude our detox series today. We have done a deep cleaning over the last three weeks of our spirit, soul, and body. But how do we get to maintenance mode to preserve the benefits of what we just went through? I have this one particular customer that I clean for about every four months. She's got these rugs. These rugs are, um, they're about twenty dollars to $35,000 rugs. And she's got a dozen of them, if not more. I go in there every, about every four months, I clean the rugs, and no joke, as I'm cleaning the rug, little Fufu comes walking down the forest and poops on the rug right in front of me, and the homeowner is just like, that silly dog. I'm like, kill that dog, and you're paying a lot of money, and she doesn't even care of what's happening, and I, and I told her, I said, one thing you've got to understand is whenever the rug is clean and something that's not supposed to be there gets back onto it while the carpet is wet, the stain that that dog caused is no longer just a little. It spreads throughout the entire rug because the wet rug now soaks in all of the odor of what's in there. And she's like, that's okay. There are two different types of people when it comes to carpet cleaning. One, who they will do everything in their power to keep their, their kids, their shoes, everything off that carpet to prolong the life of that carpet. And then there's this lady who doesn't give a rip, who's not willing to do what it takes. So in order for her to give a rip, she would have to do something that she's not willing to do because there are results that can happen that she doesn't care about because she's not willing to tell her dog to get the heck away. In both cases, we deep clean the carpets they look very nice. They're fresh and refreshing. In essence, we have detoxed those carpets of anything that would bring pollutants into the carpet. If you didn't know this, your carpet's the biggest air filter in your home. So you got to get it cleaned often. Just saying. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But you've got to clean the carpet and give it a deep clean, and it removes all the pollutants from the carpet. Now that they have been cleaned, we want to keep away anything that will hinder that carpet from getting dirtier. Both you and I know that we don't get our carpets deep cleaned every day. Just like we don't go through a detox every day. We do, however, periodically go through a detox we do periodically get our carpets deep clean, but there are some maintenance things that you can do to keep the longevity of what you just did. When it comes to carpet cleaning, you can vacuum the carpets often. 
You can take your shoes off. You can tell the dogs they can't go in this part of the house. You can do a myriad of things. Keep the cats away. Keep the gerbils away. Keep the, all the, you see what kind of animals we get into. It's crazy. Keep them all out of the carpet and you're going to have a cleaner carpet longer. Follow me on this. The level of dirtiness you allow in your life determines the frequency of your cleaning. I want to encourage you, we don't detox once and forget about it. Take this series, it's on our website, every couple of months, say, God, I want to go deeper. The disciples said, Jesus, why can't we cast this demon out? And basically, in my words, not his, he says, there's a level of, uh, of spiritualness that you have not had access to because you haven't detoxed things in your life properly. So in order to go to a place where you've never been before, you've got to detox things in your life. But what happens is we allow the dirtiness of life to get back in us and we keep living in the filth of what brought in instead of saying, you know what, I need to go back through this. It's time to get my carpets cleaned again. It's time to get my soul clean. It's time to get my spirit clean. It's time to get my body clean again. Don't allow the perversion of dirtiness in your life to hinder you from your ability to say, God, I want more of you and expect to receive what God has for you. Let me show you in your outline what I'm talking about. Let's read in 1 Thessalonians. May the God of peace himself make you entirely pure and devoted to God, and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept strong and blameless until that day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. I want to show you how you can keep what you just did, how you can keep your detox. We're going to call this message today, Live It Out. This message is going to be very practical and I pray delivered in such a way that you can understand it and apply it to your life where you can run with this. Yeah. And this isn't going to be complicated. There's not going to be anything in here that you're just like, oh, I've never heard that before. But there's going to be something deposited into your life today because you heard mom give the prophetic word a while ago. Revelation will happen as the teaching begins to progress. You will have revelation of what God wants to do in your life. There is a guy by the name of John Maxwell, who is someone who has been a distant mentor of me since my dad forced us to listen to his cassette tapes when I was five years old. And he would send us these monthly tapes, and we would write down the notes and fill out the blanks and all this stuff. And uh, he has this principle called the rule of five. Everyone say the rule of five. five. Say it with a little bit of, of passion, the rule of five. This principle will change your life if you can allow the rule of five to create a habit. But let me first give you an example of what the principle is, and then we're going to break it down just a little bit. The, the message behind the rule of five is you have a tree in your backyard. This tree is a big tree, and you want that tree chopped down. You don't want to go pay somebody a lot of money to go chop down a tree. So you say, I'm going to chop, chop down this tree myself. Every day you have an axe, you go sharpen the axe, and for five minutes you go hit in the same spot of that tree. You do it on Monday. On Tuesday, you go back out, you sharpen your axe, spend five minutes hitting the same spot in that tree. 
on Wednesday, you go back out, sharpen your axe, hit the same spot of the tree. What is going to happen to the tree eventually? It's going to fall. That is the principle behind the rule of five. You do something with such consistency that eventually whatever you are doing has the desired results that you want to take place. Okay? But instead of chopping down a tree, we want to find something in our lives that is important for us to accomplish. You have a dream that maybe you want to write a book and it's daunting. So you say, I'm going to sit down and write a book. No, you're going to fail. But every day you're going to sit down and say, I'm going to write five pages. And I'm going to do it on Monday. I'm going to do it on Tuesday. If I feel like it or not, I'm going to do it on Wednesday. Maybe it's your marriage is in the hole and you're not really sure what to do. So every day you're going to take five minutes and go tell your spouse how great they are. You do it on Monday. You do it on Tuesday. You do it on Wednesday. You do it every day until the desired result that you want begins to take place. If you have a dream of, I don't know, maybe, maybe you want to own your own business. You don't just all of a sudden tomorrow own your own business. But tomorrow you go and take five minutes and start putting things into place for your own business. On Monday, are you going to, at the end of the day, are you going to have your own business? Absolutely not. But you do it Tuesday. You do it Wednesday. You do it Thursday. And you keep doing it until you have the desired result that you want to be able to go and start your own business. For years, I have wanted to learn how to play the saxophone. So, a while back, uh, a year ago, I bought a saxophone. And when it came in, it was really pretty, and I bought a really nice one because I figured if I bought a cheap one, it would be really hard to play and I'd give up. So I bought a nice one, and it came in, I looked at it, I tried to toot it, nothing came out, and I was like, this is stupid. So I put it back in its case, I put it in the closet, and forgot about it. Well, about a month ago, I was like, I got to go pull this thing out. I want to do this. I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm gonna learn how to play this saxophone. So I went out and got it out and started putting it all together. And I had to go buy some extra stuff because the stuff I did do, I left in there. It ruined it. So I had to go fix it, what I didn't do. And so I went and got a lesson um, from uh, Norman School of Music. And the guy was great. Gave me a lesson. And um, the, the song that he taught me was Mary Had a Little Lamb. My, my favorite daughter in the world, as I was practicing Mary Had a Little Lamb in my bedroom, the privacy of a door shut, and apparently those things are kind of loud, yeah. but it didn't really matter. She came running in there, and she said, Dad, that sounds like Mary Had a Little Duck. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, that thing just quacks. Like, I said, Abigail, you get out of here. Leave me alone. And she just laughed, and she thought she was so funny. And I said, Abigail, no, I'm going to do this. And so I started doing scales. You know how it goes. I'm like, this is stupid. I can't stand this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. So every day I began to practice. And I did it on Monday. I did it on Tuesday. I did it on Wednesday. And Thursday, you know what my Mary Little had a little duck sounded like? Mary had a little lamb whose face was white as snow. Everywhere where Mary went, Mary was sure to go. And I would toot that sucker, pop, 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 but I was getting the hang of it. And she came by, and what happened to this girl who made fun of my duck sound came back. And when I picked up the horns, her and Matthew both would come in the room and just listen. I'm like, I'm getting good. So I practiced on Thursday, practiced on Friday. And Saturday morning, I woke up. I said, I'm never going to play this stupid thing. 
I have zero, I have lost my desire to want to play the saxophone, so I put it on Facebook for sale. So if anybody's buying a saxophone, <laughs> I got one for sale. But here's what happens with the rule of five. You keep doing it until you have the desired result. And if you get to a place where you say, I no longer want that desired result, you stop doing it. Don't waste your time on doing things that you don't have a passion, that you don't feel like God has called you to do. I had a goal on my bucket list to learn how to play the sax, and since then, my bucket list has one less item on it because I can play the sax. Mary had a little lamb. Anything beyond that, I don't care. I can check that one off my list, and I'll tell you next week what my next little thing is. <laughs> it's a fun one. Sorry, it, it's always new. And so the rule of five is saying whatever the desired outcome is, you do it with consistency to get yourself to a place where the results that you want to have will happen. This principle is a biblical principle that I want to show you out of the book of Proverbs. Check this out in your outline. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. A lot of people wonder why their life is not going in the direction they want. You know why? You don't do daily what you need to do. The difference between a winner and a loser is the winner just did it one more time. <laughs> this principle I do in my business every day, if I feel like it or not, every day I get my van ready for the next day. Every day, at the end of the day, I text my customers. Every morning when I wake up, I text my customers for the day. There are things that I do every single day, day in and day out, which is why my carpet cleaning business is the highest rate on Google in three years because I do it with consistency to a place where I don't even think about it because the desired result that I want to have is the best cleaning company in, in, in Norman. And I'm there, but now I've got to maintain it. I've got to keep it. I've got to keep doing what I need to do. If you want to become the best employee, then you have to ask yourself, what are the five things that I need to do to be and, and become the best employee to exceed expectations that are set upon me? Before we get to the five that I want to talk about today, I want to give you some guidelines to help define what you need. The rule of five We've got to become, you got to be intentional. And these are not in your outline, but just for you to remember. You've got to be intentional. Don't flounder your day with whatever comes. It is the recipe for disaster because you will be pulled from left to right and at the end of the day achieve nothing. Set your calendar and live by your calendar. Number two, be practical. If your goal is to skydive and you get motion sickness driving in a circle, probably need to change your bucket list item. Number three, be consistent. Do it every day. Here's my five. I'm going to do this every day, no matter what. And number four, last thing, be expectant. Results will come. Change your attitude to see the results happening before you start the process. So the question becomes, if I did five things every day, and those five things, I would feel that my life was living the best version of myself. Remember, that's what we're saying for this, this, this series. What five things would I need to do every day? As your pastor, I'm going to focus on your spiritual life. Um, I want you to take these five things today and apply them to your spiritual life. If you like the concept and you think it works and you start seeing results, then start looking at the other areas of your life and start looking at it there. For example, Terrence owns a business. His five things in his business. I'm not going to give you all five, but just an idea. I need to lead my employees by example. That's something he can do daily. I need to encourage my team daily. As a business owner, don't you think that's important? How many of you have bosses that encourage you? 
Or how many of you have bosses that don't encourage you? I can tell you, you need bosses that encourage you. you maybe it's, uh, I need to contact two past clients every day and tell them, thanks for sending me business. Thanks for using Waters Electric. There are things that you can do, and it, it may be I need to invest resources into furthering my education. Every day, I'm going to do five things. I'm going to do it in my business. I'm going to do it in my marriage. I'm going to do it with my kids. I'm going to do it in my relationship with God. You pick your five things, but do it with consistency. Looking at your spiritual life, your life would be better if every day you did these five things. Let's look in your outline. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What's it say to do? Seek first. And then what happens? All things will be added unto you. So when it comes to your spiritual life, and that's what I'm going to focus on today, very quickly, we're going to call this Spirit My Daily Five. None of this is outstanding insight. This is me simplifying to the best of my ability how you can walk in I don't want to say maintenance mode, but you can walk in maintenance mode to live a detox lifestyle. You ready for this? Number one, write down, acknowledge and thank God. Acknowledge and thank God every day. This is something I do every day. I don't do it on Thursdays and Mondays. I do it every day. Gratitude changes everything. It changes how you see the problem. It changes what you think about the problem. It changes your perspective. Psalms 145 says, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. The secret of having everything is believing you already do. We're going to do another series here. I can't, I don't know if it's going to be the next one or the one after. Um, we did it last year on It Takes Faith. I told Adrian yesterday, I said, we're going to, that vein is a vein that we're going to operate in a lot. Um, and there's two flows that I want us to get into over the next six months, and that's one of them. And I'll share more with you about the other one. Um, but it's the, it's the idea that, that God has already given you everything that you need. You just have to access it. Oh, okay. Maybe this is what mom was talking about. When God said, let there be, this is powerful. He said, let there be light. Let there be water. Let there be all the things that he did. Did you ever hear him say, let there be fish? How do I, I don't know how to present this. What was to be was already in what he said, let there be. Whenever he said, let there be water, the fish just came about because there was a substance in the water that was made to thrive inside the water. He did not have to say, let there be fish, because it was already inside of what the let there be in the water was. He, he didn't have to say, let there be 
Mercury, Venus, Mars, Pluto, Neptune. He said, let the skies exist and everything that was created in the sky that was meant to be existed because of what came to be by saying, let it be. So oftentimes we have to say, Lord, let it be this and everything else that's supposed to be there will rise to the top. Everything that's in you that's already, God said, let there be you. You say, God, I want the anointing. I want the power of God. I want the, the spirit of God to manifest. He's saying it's already in you. You just have to pull it out of you because when he said, I've got you made for a reason that everything that you need is already on the inside of you but what has to happen is whenever he said let there be it began to be it, it, it began to pull out on its own so whenever he says let there be man everything that man needed was already inside of him. he says Terrence I've called you to win souls you can't say I don't know if I'm supposed to win souls. no I've called you to win souls so a soul winner is already on the inside of you you just start having to act like one because the secret to have everything is believing you already do so begin to operate in the super and you want to start praying for people it's already in you to see miracles happen you want to start seeing hope in people it's already in you get off your lazy tails and say god use me for your glory because there's something that's already on the inside of me that will meet the need of the person that i come in contact with i'm getting mad now this wasn't this is nothing about what we're talking about I'm thinking about it. Susan, don't encourage me. But what happens if I pray for that person and nothing happens? It's not up to you. Your job is to step out in faith. Your job is not to sit here and take ownership of their problem. Your job is to say, God, your word says it, this finalizes it, and I walk away. And it doesn't matter if 99 people do not get healed. The 100th person you pray for, you pray for them just like all 99 got healed. And you let the, the God of Abraham to operate on the inside of you to pull out what's already on, inside, on the pull out what's already on the inside of you. I'm about to. So acknowledge and thank God. Number two, <laughs> talk to God every day. Read Psalms 68. Blessed be the Lord who bears our burdens and carries us day by day, even the God who is our salvation. So if something's already on the inside of you, sorry, I went back. If something's already on the inside of you, what do you have to do to pull it out? It's the responsibility of the Lord. All you have to do is step out. I heard Reinhard Bonnke say, no, I didn't hear it say, I read it. Hold on. Um... Those who forever seek the will of God are overrun by those who do it. Those who forever seek the will of God are overrun by those who do it. All right, now I'll get back on the message. I think that was where I was supposed to get to. <laughs> um, if we're going to talk to God and we're going to live it out, number one, it's kind of like two, one, you need to have a certain time. 
I'm setting you up for success here. This is your doing this every day, five minutes a day, a certain time. Make an appointment with God. Psalms 5, 3 says, in the morning. That was a certain time. Number two, a certain place. Find an undistracted environment. You can't seek God in the hustle of motion. Dad can go out and ride his bike for hours and pray. I can't do that. I've got to get alone. I get very distracted very quick, very easy. So I've got to put myself in a place of solitude. Um, Mark 1 says he, in the morning, see, there a certain time, again, before, before daylight, he got up and went to a deserted place. He had to go somewhere to keep him from being distracted. Um, number three, a certain plan. 11, Mark, or Luke 11 says, this is how you should pray. Go ahead and read it, Adrienne. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Number three. How do we live this out? My, my daily five, number three, consume God's word. Joshua 8 says meditate on this book day and night. You've got to consume the word of God. You can't go a day without eating physically. How do you think you can go a day without eating spiritually? But yet we do it all the time. You've got to get the word of God inside of you. Number four, meaningful relationships. I'm going fast. If you're going to live this out, if you're going to live the detox lifestyle, you've got to have meaningful relationships. Your spiritual growth is tied to the people that you have in your life. For everyone 50 and older, we have a small group going on at mom and dad's house. You can go to that. For 49 and under, we have a monthly group that we started last month. Had a great time. You've got to get around the right kind of relationship. With the right relationships, we can encourage each other. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. So one man or woman sharpens another. If you don't have the right relationships, how are you going to pray for people? How are you going to grow on your faith? How are you going to step out in faith? How are you going to learn how to do what God's called you to do? You've got to have the relationships in right a structure in your life. Hebrews 3.13 says encourage, encourage each other daily. It doesn't say go hang out and do nothing all day. It says to what? Encourage each other. If you don't have right relationships, if you have people that are negative all the time, get them out of your life. If you have people that are not pushing you forward, get them out of your life. Call them your witness protection program. Do whatever you need to do. But what you need to do is get around people who encourage you, who say, what has God called you to do and how can we motivate that call in your life to push you because I will not be sitting still waiting on something for God to do. I will be active in pursuing what God wants. Mom said it while ago, the anointing of God is here for you to go to another level. You just can't sit there and say, God, I'm ready. You've got to take part in your side of saying, God, I want all of you. That means tomorrow morning when you wake up, God, I want this next level of anointing that's for my life. I want to walk in it. God, I'm going to claim it. I'm going to walk in it. But then more than I'm going to walk in, I'm going to start putting things into motion. I'm going to start putting things into action. When I see this person walking down the street and I've been wanting this desire in me. It's like, man, I should go pray for them. Then go do it. We will die full of desires. You've got to go do it. I was in a home the other day and I kicked myself whenever I left. I almost went back, but it was kind of a weird situation, so I didn't. Um, uh, it was, where was I at? It was an apartment complex and the, the mother um, was 60 years old, was just diagnosed with L lung? 
uh, lung cancer, lung cancer. And as I was sitting there or standing there doing my thing, I heard this, like, don't, I don't mean for this to sound wrong, but she just burped extremely loud. I was like, goodness gracious. And I went over there to her and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, I just found out this last week I had cancer. And I was like, oh, okay, no big deal. And I just went back and walked away because I can't, to, to me, this is nothing. God's a God, he'll take care of cancer. I've seen it. I'm not worried about it. And then at the end, got back and she was sitting there and she's like, my throat is so hot. It's always, and I had this overwhelming desire. I need to pray for her. But my phone went off and I got to the next, I saw, I was like, I got to get them this next job. And I didn't. If I would have her number, I would call her and go back to her house, but I don't. It was like she was visiting a friend and a friend who had, couldn't be there. It's a weird situation. But what happens is in these situations, that's how we go to the next level. Sitting back and saying, I'm going to pray for you from the quietness of my mind whenever I leave here will not take you to the next level. Whenever that lady says, hey, I've got cancer, my first response should have been, well, let's pray for you. The result of the outcome is not up to me. Don't be the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. So what? What if God used you to heal them? God is trying to develop you for a reason. I told you guys a year ago, this church will not be like any other church. If you can come and sit here and do nothing, this is not the church for you. If you can come and say, God, I want more of you. I want to be used for your glory. I believe there's a call of God on my life to reach our community. Then come and be a part, but you can't sit here and do nothing. Sorry. Have right relationships. <laughs> Number five. Surrender my life to God. Surrender my life to God every day. First Corinthians says, I die every day. <laughs> Paul's, he said, I, I, I know what I need to do. Because every day I want to live a crucified life. Every day I need Jesus in my life. I want to encourage you for the next six days. Take this rule of five that we've looked at and build your spirit, man. I want you to have the best version of yourself this year. And it means every day I've got to build my spirit, man. Every day I need to think and acknowledge God. I need to talk to God. That's a layman's terms of pray. <laughs> I need to consume God's word to read your Bible. I need meaningful relationships, have good friends. Surrender my life to God. Every day I die to myself. The final verse of this series, look in your outline, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So I ask you this morning, do you want to follow God? Do you want all that God has for you? Do you want the presence of God to manifest in your life? Do you want the Spirit of God? I, I'm, I, I personally believe that the Holy Spirit's doing a lot more in our lives than what we give Him credit for. There are people that come across our path that the Holy Spirit has brought in there. And we look at it as coincidence. We look at it, there's more to what's taking place. And I can tell you that this place is a place 
where we take advantage of those opportunities. We said it last week, I believe. God, use me. But daily, I've got to pick up my cross. Daily, I've got to pick up my cross. Daily, I've got to live for Jesus. Let's pray. If you feel comfortable with it, just lift your hands. Close your eyes. No one looking around. Lord, we receive more of you. We want more of you. We, we position ourselves in a posture of surrender with hands raised. But at the same time, that position of surrender is a position of victory. Because we lift our hands in victory. We lift our hands in surrender. We lift our hands to acknowledge we need more of you in our lives today, tomorrow, the next day, and the day after. So help us. Help us to be full of your presence. Help us to desire more of you. Help us to become all that you've called us to become so we don't become also rands, but we become part of the plan that you have for this place. Lord, I pray, as mom spoke it this morning, we're ready for the next level. I've felt that in my heart all week long, and she confirmed it this morning. We want more of you. We need more of you. Lord, we've done three weeks here of a detox to get things out of our life that you can come in and manifest how you need to. I pray, God, those things that we did detox, the things that we didn't detox that we need to, I pray that you help us with those things, that our lives are in such a way that you will be glorified and you will be honored to use us. Lord, I thank you for choosing us. I thank you for choosing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com, to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.